I grew up getting to have dinner at 5.30. And I cherish that time, that dinner table time. And I think for kids these days, between technology and parents are just like, just eat. And I get that. You know what I mean? Just like, but they'll like, let them have the iPad at dinner. And there's no judgment to this. It's just like what I need and like I, what I see my kids need. You're listening to The Milk Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the milfiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. Wow, I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas, if you celebrated Christmas. If you didn't celebrate Christmas, I hope you had a wonderful week. So this is the last MILF interview of 2018. Almost getting emotional saying that. I am getting emotional saying that. This has been an incredible year birthing this project and getting to interview absolutely incredible women and it shall continue and expand in 2019. And I'm so excited, so excited for more. I love doing this. And I want to thank each and every one of you for listening and for being a part of this growing community uh, and for your support. And I wanted to remind you guys that I'm still doing this this giving month of giving in December where I'm going to be giving for every iTunes review that MILF podcast gets, I'm going to be donating $3 to Every Mother Counts, which is a beautiful organization that helps mothers everywhere in the world receive uh, proper medical care, maternal care, pregnancy, um, health care. And so when I announced that last week, I got this really beautiful review on iTunes from Kato Jet. It's funny, you know, you can't really tell who the person is, which I, and I also can't reply to them unless there's some trick I don't know about. But anyway, I wanted to give her a shout out and say, thank you so much for this beautiful review I'm just going to read a little bit of it. I'm so incredibly grateful for this podcast, for Jennifer, for conceiving it, and for the pure beauty of each guest. It is so refreshing and heart fulfilling to listen to and slip into the spoken story of each woman. On the day I was introduced to this special place, I was feeling so disheartened and disconnected by the Los Angeles landscape. And Jennifer mentioned this podcast. It's someone I know and I don't know who it is or someone I met somewhere because I talked to everybody. This podcast she does, and I haven't stopped listening since. I look forward to each journey. I've been craving this kind of discourse discourse since I arrived in LA 18 years ago and feel so much awe and respect. Jennifer is an incredible host, thank you, with her giant heart and raw humor. Thank you for this and all the laughter, tears, and tips. What a lovely review. So thank you for that. And that will be included in my donation to Every Mother Counts at the end of the month. So I'll wait until January 1st, until everything is all in, and then I'll write a check. And I will be telling you guys, I hope the check's really big. I really hope you guys make me write a big check. But I'm going to be doing this every month. Every month in 2019, um, I'm going to be choosing a different charity to do this with. It's just one very small way of giving back and um, especially to charities and organizations that help women, mothers, and children. 
So that's that. I also wanted to mention that in case you noticed this, my team and I, my wonderful team and I recently changed the rating on my podcast to explicit. So there is a parental advisory. Now, if you're new to the show and you haven't heard it, there are some episodes, for example, the one today that I don't think there's a single curse word in this episode. There might be one or two, um, but some episodes more so. Some we drop a few F-bombs. Some we talk about sex toys. Some we talk about sex, you know. Um, so it's not that it's overly explicit show, but I think we just wanted to be really open about that and that, you know, if you're if you're driving from carpool, you may not want to have it running just because the kids might say, Mommy, what does what does that what's a hard on or what's <laughs> what's foreplay? You know, unless you are ready to have that conversation, which again, my philosophy is always if they're old enough to ask the question, but again, like it's where are you introducing the the stuff and that's totally at your discretion um but just i wanted you guys to be aware of that so so that's that and then i'm gonna just get on with the show because i never usually talk my god i've been talking for five minutes this i've never talked this long in the introductions but i had a lot of stuff to catch you guys up on oh i can't believe i forgot this this is very exciting so we're having our first contest i even kind of set it up i mean not kind of gonna take credit i did set it up online my team helped me execute the rest of it because I'm a little tech. I'm pretty savvy tech wise, but not really that savvy. So, but I got pretty far with it. Anyway, it is called the 12 days of Milfmas. Milfmas. That's hard to stay, say. It's called the 12 days of Milfmas contest. And so starting on Christmas day, when we launched this, we have been giving away one MILF t-shirt or tank, your choice, um, for the 12 days of Christmas. That's one part of the contest. The other part of the contest, which is so exciting, is that the top three entrants, because there's all these ways you can enter and get points and very exciting, this technology business. Like you can get more points by following me on Instagram and liking this thing and subscribing to the podcast. And I don't know, it's very interesting. I didn't know how all this worked, but now I do. So the top three entrants, the people who have the most, the top three entrants will win a MILF tea or tank of their choice and seven of my favorite female centric books. So I have those listed on the contest so you'll know what those are. And I'm very excited about this. So they're all by female authors. Um, some are fiction, some are nonfiction. And they're just books that have inspired me not only to continue telling stories um, in my own fiction writing, but in the podcast. And also just it's just such a testament to how powerful women's stories are and how much we need them and continue to need them. That is that. Check that out at milfpodcast.com. And today's episode is episode 27 with Catherine McCord, the beautiful, amazing, gracious, and lovely Catherine McCord of Weelicious. I went to her home and we sat down and we talked in her family room. It was so, such a pleasant, relaxing day and I didn't want to leave her house. I really, I actually really did want her to adopt me. I was like, God, I want her to be my mom. Her home is beautiful and, and very lived in. I mean, it, it was very clean, but it was like, it, she has three children and a husband and 
there was just like things happening when I came. There was a friend over, her friend, and then her son was getting ready for school. And the, the daughter had gone on a field trip that Catherine had to drop her off at 6.30 a.m. And the husband was taking the kid to school and then the baby was sleeping. I was like, oh my God, this is so impressive. All while she's running basically two businesses. She has Weelicious and then she has um, One Potato. So, and by the way, she comes to the door and she's just so pretty. Like It's just so naturally pretty. Like, I don't think she had any makeup on. Maybe she did, but just like naturally beautiful and just really beaming with kindness. This woman just has so much kindness in her. And it was such an honor to sit down and chat with her about all the things and learn about her and, and where she came from and what happened and how she got to where she is and what her, what, what drew her to that. Without further ado, thank you for listening to this long intro. I'm not used to doing this. How long is this? Oh my God, almost 10 minutes. That's just too long. I don't want to hear myself talking for that long. Um, thanks for listening and really hope you enjoy my conversation with Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the show. Very excited. <laughs> Catherine and I had so many scheduling issues, which is not uncommon with us moms. It's just like sick kids. I was sick. You were sick. I mean, just like meetings. Yeah. Just trying to run a business. Yeah. And, you know, so, um, and as I came into your beautiful home, you reminded me that we knew each other from our previous lifetime. Well, this lifetime, but maybe we had laughed together. Maybe we'd rolled eyes about <laughs> where we were sitting next to each other, yeah. and yeah, in yeah. auditions, yes. commercial auditions, oh, and so funny. So, um, Catherine, where are you from originally? Kentucky, Louisville. Oh, right, middle, middle, middle of the country. And did you grow up like? Because one of my dearest friends grew up on a farm. Yeah. In, in Louisville. Yeah. So you grew up on a farm. I didn't. I grew up like in town, but okay. I went to school an hour and ten minutes in the country. I went to school in the country, oh. so it was like on thirty acres and really beautiful and horses all around the school. Oh, stunning! It was beautiful. And so was that? Did that kind of start your love of? food and farming and, you know, is, is that where that was born from? Yeah. My grandparents uh, who lived in Louisville were very into growing their own food. We went to Yupik farms. I mean, my, my grandmother is, you know, like dirt under her nails most of the time. Um, and so I became obsessed because my grandparents would be like, you have to freeze blueberries, pick sugar, snap peas. I mean, that was just like, come if you want to hang out with me, come sit down. And she, she had a big thing of bacon grease on, you know, there wasn't oil or butter. Yeah. She just cooked with bacon grease. Yes. Oh, so yum. a big jar oh, above yum. the stove. So I think that I, you know, she had a kumquat tree. So I would sit there and eat kumquats. I just think at a very young age, it was just like, this is, you know, it was part of normal. growing up. Totally normal. Unlike my child who wakes up and says, can I have some Doritos? But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so, wow. So you really have had this sort of mentality and lifestyle since you were a child. Well, even I, I will say that yeah, that was always the mentality, but I did grow up with this yin yang, which was, I was eating fresh food. We sat down at 530 every night with my parents. That was like tradition. But I also grew up in a generation of fast food and prepared uh, food. Uh -huh. So it was sort of this, um, I, you know, KFC and McDonald's. Right. So it was like, part of me was getting this just fresh, real food. And the other part of me was just getting 
horrible process, GMOs, you know, my mother had this like little dish of um, saccharin tablets and that was like the only sugar we got in our house. So I would like sit there and just be like, "Mm." I mean, I can't even imagine like what's running through my veins, but yeah. Wow. But even, even modeling, I will say like, because I started modeling at such a young age, traveling around the world and really seeing different cultures and the way that people ate and being like, I lived in Mexico, even as an exchange student when I was 12. And, um, you know, I, that sense memory of smelling homemade tortillas and watching kids eat spicy food and, you know, kids in India having like these incredible flavors. And then you come back to America and it's just like macaroni and cheese and white chips. And so there, you know, I think my, my whole perception of food has always been like just curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. So you left Kentucky to go to college? Um, no, you I left here. Kentucky. No, I actually started because I started modeling when I was 13. Um, I started by the time I was 17, I had been modeling all through high school, going to New York or Paris or wherever. And then I sort of quote unquote hit it big when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And my dad, I got college scholarships and my dad was like, well, you basically have a choice. You can go and you can make money and you can save it. And then you can decide when you really know, uh, opposed to a lot of 18 year olds that go to college and like, what am I supposed to do? Um, Or I could go to college. So I, I ended up bizarrely enough choosing, choosing modeling. And I went to culinary school at a later time. Got it. So you did that. You did figure out what you wanted to do. Exactly. Yeah. And that's amazing. And did you go to culinary school here? In New York. In New York. I went to the uh, Institute of Culinary Education. Wow. That's amazing. It was really fun. I bet it was so fun. Yeah. I'm like an endless student. If I could just go to school and get like different degrees and like- Me too. Right? Yeah. I'm th- I'm sitting here thinking, God, I, when can I go to culinary school? It's I gotta so wait fun. a little bit. Like, <laughs> uh, but maybe I could go now. I'm sure there's some in LA. But yes, that's amazing. So, how old were you when you decided to do that? Uh, culinary school? Yeah, I think I was. Uh, it was. I'll tell you when. I was at three block. We lived not three blocks, ten blocks from the Trade Center, and I was supposed to go see um, the culinary school on 9/11. Oh my God! I had a morning appointment. And we got trapped in our apartment. It's a very, obviously, we all know how that went down. Um, But then that was it for me. That was like my epiphany. Three weeks later, I was like, this happened. And this is the time of my life that take it now, make the change or never. And that was it. And then after you graduated from there, did you, what what kind of work did you pursue? I worked in restaurants and catering companies and sort of, I, I was still like trying to have a day job of like, acting and modeling. And I just was so not fulfilled, but I sort of couldn't get out of it in a way. Um, and really spent a good like year and a half, if not more trying to like really figure out what I wanted to do. And then I got pregnant with my son and that was, that was really the beginning of it where I was like, I had this baby and I was like totally like lost. And, you know, I mean, it's just such a, such a massive transition for women. Yeah. And sort of when I came out of the other side, when he started eating, and I was like so fascinated with it, and I had always um, shopped at the Hollywood Farmer's Market every Sunday to buy all of our food. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to start making homemade baby food. This is going to be so much fun. And I went online, and I was just like researching, trying to figure out, like, how do you make kids great eaters from day one? Where are the homemade baby food recipes? And it was really just jarred food. And so I was, I just was like, maybe I'll, like, blogs had just really, like, the the evolution of blogs. Yes. So I started this little blog called Weelicious, and that was like the beginning. 
Wow. And so you just experimented on your son, basically. Oh, I, I, my poor three children, they are my experiments. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad, but uh, at the same time, they, you know, that's the only way oh, to really learn in a good way. They're, they're good, good experiments. Yeah. And they know it. I tell them all the yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, it's so wonderful. Well, I remember someone recommended your book to me when my son, he's nine and a half now. I think he was, I don't know, I guess he was starting on solid foods and and so I bought your book, one of one of them, and and then I bought the other one later. How many books do you have now? Two, okay, yeah. um, but my third comes out uh, January 2020. Oh, <laughs> yes. I just started writing it. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, okay. Like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure. No pressure. Uh, no pressure. And because you have so much time to yeah, write exactly, a book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I remember getting the book and I remember like re- literally reading it cover to cover because that's what I did at the time. Anytime I had an issue, like I, at the, I don't even know how many sleep books I bought. And the funny thing is now looking back, like my kids slept great. I just was like in so much because I had postpartum depression. I think I was in so much discomfort that I thought in those books, there'd be an answer to something else. Or if I could get him to sleep more, like he was sleeping plenty, but I just was looking for an answer. And same with your book. I was like, okay. And it was so great because the first few years he would eat a lot of different things and he was, and I did that thing where you introduce the stuff early and, but now I got to tell you, and I don't want the whole interview could become you coaching me, but so we won't <laughs> let it go. Oh my gosh. He just wants carbs. He just wants processed foods. It happens. Oh my gosh. It's not your fault. It's like, I, I blame America. I'm I'm evil. I'm that for I've I've become like darker in the, the past year about you know like don't blame parents. It's like it's what we've created. Oh That's what gosh. the food industry has created. He just I mean at least he will eat. He is a carnivore, so he will eat. He loves fillet. He will request fillet. I'm like yes. Him. Let's let's cook up a fillet. That's fine. I got a dry <laughs> rub. I can do that. You know, but any kind of vegetable or. I'm very lucky if I can get him to eat a raw carrot, raw cucumbers. He loves Granny Smith apples. But any if I like cook it up or do anything like I, you know, Jules Blaine Davis. Of course. Yeah. So she showed me how to do um, like roasted apples, like make oh, applesauce. Yeah. So yeah. easy, yeah. right? Transform. He will not. <gasps> really? Is it textural? Maybe. I'm not sure. You know, the the, the way that I look at it is. And there are different ages and different stages, and I believe that it can be reversed or, you know, like not even reversed, like added on. We can, yeah. we can, but I, I do think that like there is a lot to the fact that we as parents control our children. That's our job. Yeah. And they have so little say about where they go to school, who yes. their friends are, what yes. they're going to wear. Yes. So food is the one thing children can control. Yeah. And I think that they sort of, at a very young age, before they even, their little brains are even like really developed, they like realize their power in food. Yes. And they, so their go-tos are really the only things that they, like, this is my set. This is it. This yeah. is my way. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think a lot of kids can be um, altered and molded. And then there are some kids that are just yeah. like, it's. It, it can be everything from textural to yeah. like, like Jules was saying, like you can do raw vegetables or roast them or fry yes. them or, yeah. you know, 
puree them, whatever yeah. it is. But I also think that some kids really do, like I see it with my children, that they they can, like you can add on to, yeah. you know, as time goes on. Yeah. Well, like just the fact that he's eating filet now is a big deal. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's what good. Changed I it? Can I, what changed it? Like, do you remember that like yes, all of a sudden? Totally. So I, I started cooking when he was like two, I guess. And that's what, during the time I got your book and a bunch of other cookbooks. And I just started cooking. And then I had another friend my friend Lily, who's also going to come on the show. And she went to culinary school. She went to somewhere in the, what are those mountains in New York? Oh, uh, she went to the um, uh, Culinary Institute of America. Yes, yes. I think so. Um, and she's magnificent also. And her child, both of her children eat beautifully. And um, and we were in rye class together. Oh, I think yeah. You, I think you, got, you guys did rye. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were on the, this this side of town rye, but I don't um Anyway, so she, what was my point in bringing this up? Her oh, kids. she inspired me to like start cooking more. And so I just sort of was self-taught because I didn't grow up in a household where cooking was a thing. Mm, it just wasn't. My mom didn't like cooking. She would do it and, and pr- prepare us, yeah. you know, healthy meals. But it just wasn't like the joy of the culinary art wasn't present. Oh, yeah. My mom just like was like, just get it on the table. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that. We sat together, but yeah. I didn't say that she enjoyed it. But it sounds like from your grandmother, that's where the totally, real love of it came. Totally. So, so, yeah. So I sort of self-taught. Anyway, one of the things I learned how to do was to cook a filet. Like, a, like, oh, my God, it's just the most decadent thing. And it's so simple. And so I started researching like dry rubs and then putting the dry rub on and then leaving it in you know the fridge for a day. Mm-hmm. Kind of like brining, yeah. which by the way, I for, we just had Thanksgiving before we're recording this. So I brined the turkey just as you're in your on your on your website. Yeah. There's a brining recipe. Love it. It was so good. It makes me so happy. Isn't brining just the best thing ever? It transforms food. Transforms. I know. So it was juicy. So delicious. Even if and I made your cranberry cornbread stuffing oh, recipe. Yay. Huge hit. Oh, I love that. And I used the green beans recipe, which you had, which was very simple, but I needed to know like the time and the temperature and the it was I, love I had that. a fantastic um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So oh, I thanks love to you. That. Yay. Um, but so I did the dry rub and I did the filet and he ate it. This was like maybe he was six or seven. And he was like, oh, I need more of that. I need oh. more of that. It was so interesting. <sighs> Isn't that the best though? Oh. It is. I mean, and it's like soon, a win. I win. And exactly. And as soon as your kids do like something, you're like, oh, God, wait a minute. I got to make that all the, all time. the time now. Totally. I can't burn them out on it. Totally. But yeah, I, th- I do think that, like, I mean, look, my son is 11. He's a vegetarian. He's been a vegetarian since he was five. Yeah. Self imposed. Yeah. Um, but he eats everything. Yeah. Um, and my middle daughter, total carnivore, can't get enough meat in her body. Interesting. Um, will eat absolutely anything except for orange cheese. And it is very, or stinky cheese. Mm. Mozzarella fine, white fine. Yeah. She made this very firm decision. There is no altering it. So she eats everything else. So I don't, that's good. And then my baby will pretty much eat everything. But, yeah. but it's fascinating. It's, it's fascinating. You know what I mean? Like how, why? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So you have your son, you're online researching, you're like, hey, there's nothing there. What what happened? You know what? I became like truly obsessed with the community. I think that being a first time mom is the most insular experience. Mm-hmm. You, and it's it's getting it's gotten so much worse. I mean, our mothers 
had community, um, maybe cousins, sisters. Like I found myself in Los Angeles with no family, not a lot of friends because I'd be like, you know, modeling and acting yeah. and like being very transient. Yeah. Um, I had like literally one like mom community. Yeah. And so I spent, I, when I started this blog, I started going on different, I mean, back then it was chat boards, right, you know, right. I mean, Facebook little groups were just beginning. Yeah. Um, and I started just connecting with all these women, like literally around the world, yeah. like you're saying. And, yeah. and it was like awesome. I mean, it was like, they were sending questions and I was um, experimenting and it just really quickly became this community of, of, different parents with a one single goal, you know, how do, how do I feed my yes. kid and make them a great eater from day one? And so then I had Kenya and then two years later to the date I had Chloe. And so it just like, then it was like baby food. So then the next stage is like, which that ends very fast. And then yeah. it's toddler food. And then it really became that we were now a family of four. And I was like, I don't want to be a short order cook. I don't want to make something different for everyone every night. I want my kids to be great eaters. So that was like the idea of behind Wheelish's One Family, One Meal, which was my first cookbook. Yeah. Wow. So and how did you set about writing a book and getting it published? And like, I know. What was that I, process? I like? mean, I, it was really that I, I mean, the, the Wheelish's community was growing and growing fast. And then I started like doing like TV appearances and like, like writing small articles. And then I, yeah, they, I went and took the book out and, yeah. and it, got, you know, just sold quickly. And it was, a, it was a two book deal. So that by that time I was like, my kids were going to preschool and yeah. I was sending them lunches every day. And yeah. I became fascinated with like lunches and watching kids like stuff their hands in a brown paper bag and maybe pulling out one thing. And I just like fell in love with the idea of like bento boxes and yes. really getting the kids getting to see all their choices. So it's, it's interesting because like so much of Wheelicious, it's not just me and like what my kids are eating, but it's really people, um, their questions, their experiences and them saying, well, I need this now and I need this. So it's yeah. really, that's, that's where much of it has come from. Yeah. And so what is sort of the next thing for you? I mean, you're writing this next, next book. I'm writing this next book, which comes off of a story, which was that, um, my son got sick about three years ago and he was getting headaches and nausea. And it was like this very rough time where, you know, you see your child in pain and he's like the child that never complains about anything. Like, you know, he could break his arm and he probably wouldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. So I would see them, him just so uncomfortable. And so we were going to doctors and nutritionists and like really, you know, trying to figure, figure it out, um, figure out what was the matter with him. And, um, I too was reading a lot of books, you know, from different doctors. And I read this one book, it's called, um, by Kelly Dorfman, how to uh, get your kids to eat everything. Mm -hmm. And it had this line about smoothies. And I was like, all right, well, you know, the one thing I know with my child, especially is that if I give him the power of choice, he is, it makes a massive difference. So yes. I always tell parents like for, you know, if you don't have, if you have a kid that won't eat anything, be like, I'm going to give you two choices. Do you want carrots or yes. cucumbers? Do yes. you want chicken or fish? Yes. Um, it's, it's really your rye. choice. That's the old totally, rye. Yeah. Totally. It's really your choice, mm -hmm. but 
um, you know, but these are the um, only choices. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They don't know that. Yeah. Um, so uh, that night, I did this horrible drawing of like different fruits, vegetables, proteins, and carbohydrates, and just like a picture of a banana, and, and, and you know, like a little picture of a hemp seed. And I let him go through and circle all the things that he wanted in his smoothie net the next morning. Wow. We made this whole list, and so I made him a smoothie, and like within three weeks, all of his headaches, his nausea, everything was gone everything. And it's three years later, he has, now we all have a smoothie every morning. So my third book is called The Smoothie Project. And it's literally yes. that I believe that, you know, I was, he was a vegetarian and I was giving him pancakes and waffles. Sure. And he wasn't getting enough nutrients. He wasn't. And how was I expecting him to go to school with his brains brain fired, ready to go for the day when I'm like giving him these foods that were just making him like want to fall asleep yes, um, and not feel good. And yes. his body just wasn't processing them properly. Uh, so it's been like, it, it's been a real journey. I mean, I really started writing this book about three years ago when this all started. Yeah. So um, it's really a transformative book about like the power of no matter what's going on with you. Like, do you remember like Vogue magazine? Yeah. They'll have like in your 20s, if you use this product in your 30s, in your 40s. Well, I look at the smoothie project in the same way that I believe that from birth to AARP, we can change our health by just like having a smoothie or like that first thing, like you can get fruits and vegetables and protein in your body, in your child's body. I mean, watching my mother and my uh, my mother-in-law start adding smoothies into their diet and seeing how them, their reaction being like, wow, I'm like full and I feel good. And yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been like this fun journey. Oh, you're inspiring me to get my, um, your vi- out, my <laughs> exactly. vitamins out. Yeah. Cause I used to do that before and then I stopped. I don't it's, know why. You know, it's food a- is always stages. You yeah. know what I mean? You're like, you, 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 I always feel like, especially as adults, like we bring one thing in yeah. that's like working for us. It's lemon water. It's totally, you know what totally. I mean? Something healthy. Yeah. So for us, it's definitely. Smoothies. And I love, because, you know, those of you and We'll, this will be in the show notes for everyone who's listening. We'll have links to your Instagram and your website and everything. But you can see on your Instagram, which I love following you and seeing your youngest daughter, which I've been watching her do this for the last several years. Just you put her on the counter and you put a smoothie in front of her with a straw in it. And we just watch her just suck that entire sucker down. It's the funniest thing. I mean, and that, that all started. So that was all like, we had been months into, you know, Kenya, my oldest son, having uh, all of us at this point having smoothies. And so we're all standing around at breakfast and she was like, I don't know, I guess 10, almost 10 months old. And she'd just be bobbing her head trying to drink. And like, oh. she taught herself how to drink with a straw, which is actually like teaching babies how to drink with a straw is great for um, fine motor, oral development, early, early speech and language. Um, wow, it's really that. amazing just because you're learning to use sure. those muscles in sure. your mouth. And the next thing you know, we just propped her up. We thought it was the funniest thing seeing this little baby just like suck down a smoothie. And it's like goes against like baby food. It's baby food, yeah. it's, but it's so packed with nutrients. It's yes. not just these single serve pouches yes. or whatever. Um, so yeah, it just became this thing. And people, you know, on line thought it was just like so funny. So, but now she's three years old and she like gets on the stool climb. I can't get her down. Yeah. She just like every morning she's like wakes up. She's like, where's my smoothie? She goes over, she jumps on the counter, she drinks it in like four sips and she steps down and off she goes. (laughs) So the next book is going to be all smoothies? It's all smoothies. (gasps) Yeah. It's all different flavors and like what's good for- I don't know if I can wait till 2020. (laughs) I'm so excited for that. It's really, it's great. It's really great. 
Well, I'm, you're reminding me that I guess when my son was, and I think this is all part and parcel. So, and I've shared this on the show before. So my son is dyslexic. He also has, um, central auditory processing disorder, um, and some vision stuff, which many of those things usually go hand in hand. But before we knew all of that, he was having these headaches and he was having stomach aches and he just was struggling in school. Part of it was the environment, the sweet little school that I still love so I much. I that school too. Oh, I, I second that. It's such a sweet school, but it just wasn't the right fit for him. Mm-hmm. So, cause it was just too chaotic and like the sound, the auditory stuff. But anyway, I took him to Dr. Kathy Lipman. You might know her. Okay. Anyway, she, um, was a pediatrician for many years in LA, like all through the eighties. And she had her own practice with another doctor and she kept seeing these kids come in that were being diagnosed ADHD. And she was like, Nope, that's not what's going on. And they were basically malnourished. Yeah. And so I brought her, him into her, she, he was, she was referred to me, um, through our pediatrician and then, um, our therapist who ended up diagnosing him with, uh, dyslexia, but, um, she did all these biofeedback tests on him mm. with this really wonky machine where it's like, anyway, she said, Oh, he's horribly deficient in all these nutrients. <laughs> Yeah. And so it's did exactly you explain what that you're to him? saying. Did you communicate? Absolutely. Did he get it? Well, he was, at that time, I think he was sick, so he completely understood. But he still has this thing. Where it's, so she gave us this this really yucky liquid yeah. vitamin that he did, bless his heart, he took it. And we did a sticker chart and everything, which I'm not <laughs> that into, but... He did it for like a year and a half and then he was like, I just can't take it anymore, oh. you know? And so he hasn't been doing it, but... I am inspired by this today so, and I'm going to... So there's yeah. a chart on Wheelicious. If you go on Wheelicious.com, I think, and you put in Smoothie Project, there is a sh- the sheet. You can print it, laminate it, and he can circle it, like <gasps> the things that he wants to put, and you can just buy them. And I think that that's such a great thing for kids to be like, he will own his own health yes. and just say, like, you, you'll buy it. He can make yes. it. It makes it really fun. I mean, my son, I make a different flavor smoothie absolutely every day. And I think that, that it keeps it fun and interesting. Yeah. And And it's also like like you're saying, it's empowering to them to say, you know, this is my body. I'm choosing what I'm putting in my body. Yeah. But we put everything from frozen cauliflower, kale or spinach. And, and like, if your kids are color sensitive, like they want just like a bright pink smoothie. That's why we do the frozen cauliflower. When I do the green, mine always end up just this hideous green. And he's like, yeah, brown green. And he's like, I'm not drinking that. No, the secret ingredient to getting a vegetable in is frozen cauliflower because it makes it really creamy. You don't uh, taste it at all, okay. but you still, because like the goal is if you can get your kid out the door having one or two fruits and vegetable and like either hemp seeds or protein powder or nuts or whatever in their smoothie, yeah. you've like, it's such a win because yeah. as a parent, then when they want the chips or the macaroni and cheese, you're like, well, they've already had two vegetables, like yes. checked off your list yes. by 7.30 in the morning. That's incredible. I mean, I think it just, it, it, for parents, because it's such a, like a, you know, there's 21 meals and snacks a week. It's like an endless, no, it's like, yeah. it's for parents, it just doesn't, food is the one thing that doesn't go away. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's what I was going to say that I forgot to say earlier was that, um, no, 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 you're good. Uh, we both have these long, <laughs> long legs, legs that we're trying to like stretch out. Um, was that, uh, oh my gosh, have we already been talking this long? I could talk to you forever. So, uh, oh, 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 when, when Dr. Colgrove, we took him to see Dr. Colgrove for the whole assessment. It was like a 14 hour process over obviously several days for him to get diagnosed with um, dyslexia. dyslexia. 
and the cap, the cap dog, actually that was a different, we had to take him to an audiologist for that. This was all in second grade. So I said, you know, he won't eat certain things. He just won't eat. And this was after we'd seen Dr. Lippman and she had said, he's, you know, and he didn't want to do the vitamins. And, and I said, and in preschool, he wouldn't poop. He would hold his poop in and then he would poop his pants at school and the, the teachers were so sweet. They'd be like, so you need to bring another extra set of underwear because we had to use this, like whatever. And, um, and (laughs) sort of gross, but I remember she would hand me a baggie with this poop underwear underwear in them. And I'm like, we could throw it away. (laughs) Go ahead. It's okay. I don't need that. (laughs) You know, but, um, and Dr. Colgrove said, those are the things that children can control. You can't make someone poop and you can't make someone eat. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I I thought, oh my God, that's true. It's like a control thing. It's totally control. It's exactly the poop. Yeah. But if you, I think it's such a win. That's why like empowering kids to make the choice, yeah. like letting them, because like, I really think, I mean, look, I'm all for like, you can, cause we do it. I'm not going to, you know, yeah. like you can have dessert yeah. if you eat your dinner, of course. you know what I mean? Yeah. And all that. But I do think the power of choice is so deep and rich because, um, I think it really helps in so many ways with kids. Yeah. Because yeah, they're just like yeah. poor things. I look at my kids and I'm like, oh my god, you're so controlled. Yeah, like go do your homework, make your bed. Yeah, you it's know, a lot. it's a lot. It's a lot. Like my son just recently discovered video games. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I know. Are it's you dealing real. with this? Yeah, my girls don't care at all about it, and my son is like, it's like drugs. When he's 11. Yeah, it's like yeah, drugs. It is. So we finally just had to say no video games during the week. Oh no, we're firm about it. yeah. I mean, because he saw my son, like my yeah, we, we he's allowed like two minutes in the morning to play like a Sudoku or something like that. Yeah. Oh no. It's we're we're in the car on the way to the bus and he's, he's on my phone. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, it's like crack. It is. Oh, and it only gets worse because then it's like the unfortunate thing is like they're social. Like my friends are playing and I want to play with them. Exactly. I know this is a rabbit hole. I can have this rabbit hole conversation. I don't know what to do about it. And now he wants a phone. He yeah, wants his own you got it. We've we've done something in well, it's with social media. We've signed contracts of like wait till eight. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. Yeah, so we've tried that. I mean, but it's hard because then you have like so. I mean, all their friends not, have it. All their friends have like my friend has an iPad and a phone. We've just been like, sorry, we're just mean. Or He's okay, like, we've been I mean. want a phone. I need a phone. The bus is. On. I'm like the. Oh my god. Are they allowed to bring phones on the bus? Yes. Really? And there's teenagers on the bus. So he's heard all these horrible words on the bus, which it's fine because I'm very open with him. I've always been like, if he hears something and he wants to know what it is, I explain what it is. But there's been some conversations where I was like, okay, we're having this conversation now. Oh, God. Because there's middle schoolers and high schoolers on the bus. Yeah. Anyway, so. Oh, God. Uh, oh, what we do, what we deal just, with. He's like, I want I want a phone so that I can do this on the bus. And I'm like, well. And then I go to, well, is it a safety thing? Does he need a phone on the bus? But then I'm thinking, well, what did we do before we had cell yeah, phones? I no, mean, you this just looked like, out the window or you talked to your friend. You him, or you can get him a phone that literally has a one way to you. And that's it. Yeah, seriously. Like a flip phone. Yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. Oh your flip God. phone. He's going to hold that and be like, Could you Ugh. imagine if I gave him a flip phone? He'd be like, uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, no, the technology thing is really scary. And yeah. then the Instagram thing, like, 
I don't think any of his friends have Instagram, but I know there are children his age that have their own Instagram. Oh, no, like, we're not. Yeah, no, wow. we're not. I know. That terrifies well, just me. Wait. You get like two more years when it's like, I know. Oh it's God. like, it's no, it scares me. It scares me. Because is your son in middle school? 11. He's 11. He's in sixth grade. Okay. So he First goes year of middle school. It's, it, our school, oh, it's la- our oh, school is K through God. six and then oh, they, they seventh grade. But it's... I know, I know. And he, yeah, he's a young, he's a young 11. So, yeah, I know, but that video stuff, oh. but we're, we, we, we do our best. We're trying because we see like how it messes up their brains. Can't, they won't go to bed. They can't. Oh, no. I mean, I, I, I go to all those panels, like listening to, you know, what, what it does that, that it is. It's like a drug. I truly believe, and it's terrible. I believe phones are the new cigarette. I oh, really, you're right. They are. They're going to, you're they're, right. They're going to kill us. Sorry. Well, and there's all this research now and I need to go. I keep saying I'm going to do this, but I need to get those glasses. Oh, yeah. Because of the blue light. Yeah. And how it affects. Totally. Because I'm a writer, so I'm on my computer a lot and and I'm on my phone way too much. And my new phone has this thing where once a week it'll be like, here's your screen time update. And oh, yeah. It's frightening. Oh, no. My friend who you saw this morning who was staying with us yeah. last night, she last night, she's like, I'm addicted. It's yeah. a problem. She's like, I wake up in the middle of the night. I want it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was laughing at her. I was like, are you serious? She doesn't have children. And I was oh. like, because in the, as a parent, I'm just like, yeah. tuckered Dead out. I'm, yeah. yeah. But I'm, yeah. I, I mean, she and I were talking about it just because we have, we have to have social media for, yeah, of for work. And I'm trying, I, I really don't look at it anymore. I try very hard to yeah. just do as minimal as possible because it's such a time suck. So that's interesting. I want to actually talk to you and get some advice about that because- now doing this podcast, like being integrated with the social media for me is part of my job. Um, I need to interact a little bit and I need to do this. And I, and I have a team that helps me with that. Thank goodness. But um, how do you sort of separate yourself from that? Because you do need to kind of post every day. And, and, and as a fan, as a fangirl for, of yours, I can say I honestly really treasure watching your stories and listening to you talk to me about stuff and what you're doing and showing me things. So I'm appreciating it, but I'm like, wow, she's really having to. Well, I authentically do it. I do it all myself. I don't like, I don't have anyone else do it for me. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a catch for me because like writing a book and like having like all that feedback from people. Cause I, that is that, that is the human reaction, the human touch to be able to communicate with people. So, but it's just that I don't sit there and like, you know, for, for anyone I follow, let's say, like, yeah. I just can't get too like, you know, it's, it's stories and live and like, there's just so much. So I so keep it as, content. I keep it as like focused as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. But and, then, try to, and, and try not to have my phone on my kids, which is the hardest part. Right. I mean, that's, it's just because that's how we work today. Sure. It's part of it. No, I had, um, I had Catherine Hahn on the show. Oh, I know. She's and the best. so she was talking about how, because I was sharing with her that my son at the time, this was like maybe six months ago, he was like, mom, put your phone down, put your phone down. And I was like, oh Oh. God, you're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. And so I like turned it off, put it away. And I was like, I'm totally with you. And she said, I get it. She said, but it's my office. It is. Oh, this is the reason that I can be the mother I am. Actually, totally. I don't, I have the luxury. I have a lot of luxuries within that. And I try to I think my children do understand that. I've created parameters for myself too. Like yeah. I try really as much as possible to keep like everything about 
like that it's work, but even if I share like stories or anything, it's like yeah. food related, yeah. family food related. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. It's so tricky. I don't know how in this day. And now we're all so much more accountable. It used to be like, you got home from work at five 30. Yeah. Now it's like, you're accountable at 11 o'clock at night. They, yeah. Someone can always find I you. Do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just want to disappear. I know. <laughs> and that's where it comes down to like, I guess, or not, I guess, having really healthy boundaries. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and just totally. saying, nope, I'm off the clock, yeah. not responding, yeah. you know. And it's good. Yeah. It's okay. It's really important yeah. to do that. So so speaking of healthy boundaries, how do you how do you do self-care? For just for you. Oh, I don't. I'm very, I'm very open about this right now. You know what? It's not the stage of my life. I'm being, I mean, I, I, I have this conversation with women possibly every day. I really do. I mean, I, I, I was talking the other, I went into a meeting the other day and I had to go to the bathroom. I just had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I sat down and I, and she said, do you need anything? And I said, oh, no. She's like, if you need to use the bathroom, I said, well, I need to, but I'll be fine. She goes, that's self-care. <laughs> that, at a minimum for mothers, it's so sad when you just won't even go to the bathroom because you're like, I got to go. I got to keep yeah. working. Yeah. So the, yeah, my self-care these days is just is saying, can I go to the Excuse bathroom? Me, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything's gone by the wayside. But yeah. you know what? But like, I'll be completely honest. My self-care is being with my children. That is not mm. like a romantic thing to say. I don't mean it in that way. Yeah. It just really is what my heart, like, it, it's just, I'm at a place in my life where, you know, I'm just having to work probably more than I want, uh, that is yeah. probably healthy. Yeah. So when I'm with my kids, I'm like pretty much in heaven. It really mm. is. No, I really genuinely, it's, it's great. And I really take time to like watch their dynamic and, um, you know, we're molding little, little beings and I really want them to, you know, to, feel like they had a good childhood and that yeah. they, you know, that they're having connection. And yeah, that's why, you know, like so much of what Weelicious and One Potato are about is like, like I'm, I grew up getting to have dinner at 5.30 and like, I cherish that time, that dinner table time. And I think for kids these days between technology and parents are just like, just eat. And I get that, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Just like, but they'll like, let them have the iPad at dinner and, um, there's no judgment to this. It's just like what I need and like yeah. I, what I see my kids need is like, what was your day like? And, you know, trying to even make it more finite, not because my husband and I laugh because like the first question we always ask our kids are, who just sit next to at lunch today? Yeah. And now it's gotten to the point my kids are like, don't ask me who I sat next to. It's the same answer <laughs> as it was two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but just really having that like, you know, just that communication and yeah. like, I cherish it so yeah. much every day. Yeah. No, it's my son is still very, um, he, he loves to cuddle and he loves being touched and he loves for oh. us to like snuggle on the couch and oh. hold hands. And we were watching a Christmas movie last night and the fire was going and the tree oh. lights were on. I can't, I can't. I just thought I'm so grateful yeah. for this because I know from my friends who have older kids who are, you know, some of them are off at college. They're like, they leave and it's over. And I'm like, no. Ah! That's why, that's why we had a third child. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> we had the boy and the girl to set, you know, two years apart. It was perfect. And yeah. we just got, as we got further and further and further along, my husband was like, I don't want this to end. He was Aww. like, I just don't want to ever stop being a parent. I know that's why, that's why we birthed this little child. And thank God you did. She I is know. just delicious. It's the, best. it's the best. And we'll get to be parents of 
I mean, we, I, every time I say this, my husband gets upset. He's like, don't talk about it. But when Kenny and Chloe are in college, like we'll still get to, yes. you know, be, we'll get to be parents of like one yes. child. But yes. I, I don't mean that in a, I love you, Kenny and Chloe. I'm no, of course. I'll be you there just, forever. Yes. You mean it, it will continue. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I know. Experience. I always thought I'd have three kids, but it didn't, that didn't, that wasn't part of my story. Well, I never thought I'd have three kids and here I am. So you know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. But I love that because I'm an only child. So I love the idea of having a, you know, but it's interesting because it's, it is, and now it's just me and my son, which kind of always was because my husband left, he had to leave town for work when my son was 18 days old. So from the get go, it was just like, just me and my little guy, you know? And so we have this incredible bond and he's very close with his father too. I'm so grateful. They have a wonderful relationship. Um, and we're both very supportive of that. So I'm, I'm super grateful. Uh, but it's just, it's very interesting. There's just the two of us. And my mom, who has some social anxiety, would not, she was very afraid to let me have playdates. Oh, interesting. So, and as an only child, I remember just begging her to play. And I would spend hours by myself with my record player. Oh, yeah. You know, and just like do that. And like I would make up stories. I think that's what helped me become a storyteller. See? So, but I, he wants to have people over all the time. And I, that's our house is that house. I'm yeah. like, come spend the night, oh, I have friends that. over. Like, I don't care. Like I, and I have two rules. I have a painting by my friend, Ashley Longshore. That's very precious to me that my husband gave me for our anniversary years ago. And then I have our piano that I bought for him, for my son. And I'm like, those are the only two things that are like precious. Everything else it's free, free game. Whatever. It doesn't matter. There's probably been dog pee on it at some point or throw up. Like what? It doesn't matter. It's fine. Uh, that's um, amazing. But I love that. I love having that energy and just yeah. kind of that open door policy. Totally. Like, so anyway, I don't know how I got off on that. Um, <laughs> we, we digress. We digress. Yes, we digress. But I wanted to ask you about um, one potato because mm-hmm. you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And so can you talk a little bit about one potato and what that is? Yeah. So several years ago, it got to the point with Wheelicious um, families and followers that they were just like, I have the cookbooks. I have the recipes. Like, just send me the food. I can't do it. I just can't. Yeah. And and it was, uh, so it was born of, you know, of just really people wanting it. Um, it's been like going to get my master's I, instead sure. of going, I, I, there were a lot of, who knew they're starting a business. <laughs> who knew? Everyone's got a great idea, yeah. uh, but like really following it through. So we are now in eight States on the West coast. So it's, a, wow. so for anyone who doesn't know, yeah. One potato is an organic family friendly food company. You get two or three meals. They're all organic. It's for uh, families, like kids and adults. There's adult pricing, there's kid pricing, everything's semi-prepared. So um, it's not like you're getting every single ingredient. Like we make homemade sauces and dressings. You get whole proteins. Um, and it's like a real experience where we want like kids to be learn how to cook. We want pa- like that parent involvement. Um, you get free cookie dough with every box. Um, and it just makes cooking like that Instagrammable experience where mm. it's just like, it's just like protein and vegetable. It's very DIY because mm. we know some kids like don't like certain things and other kids love more of one thing or another. So um, you get to pick your own meals. So it's just been so much fun. It's it's you know probably the hardest thing I've ever done work wise building a company. Um, 
but I'm just like endlessly passionate. And we're trying to go, uh, we're working on 17 more states because we have wow. 40,000 people on our waiting list. So we're, you know, we're just wow. tr- quickly you know, growing. Yeah. Oh so it's gosh. just, but open, we don't, we're, we're going to open up on the East Coast. I mean, open up a facility. So yeah, it's really fun. That is so cool. Yeah. And so is there a separate website for that we can go to? OnePotato.com. Easy. Easy. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so I love that. I, but Congratulations! Even, thank you. I mean, the, the irony to it is that the first box we ever delivered in our alpha beta round um, was the day I gave birth to Gemma, and I home birthed, and literally she was born. And that afternoon, we got the first box, and I was like, oh. as a mother now of three, I was like, I don't know how I would cook. Like I, it was just because our the kids' schedules, it's so crazy. Yeah. So like even for me, like one potato like saves my butt because oh, yeah. even my babysitter who's never cooked before, yeah. like she sends me pictures if I'm working and she's like, look what I made. You That's know? incredible. Yeah. I came home the other day. My husband was cooking. I was like, oh, I'm so relieved. And just, I'm thinking like, God, that would be such a great gift. Like I have a friend, um, Claire Bidwell-Smith. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know her. I know the name. So she just had a baby. Oh yeah. And she has two older girls. Yeah. Uh, and Gosh, that would be the perfect gift for her. It is. It's great for new moms. It's great for anyone who doesn't know how to cook. Or it's yeah. great for just like busy parents. And yeah. I mean, we, we, have, we have people that just are like, I just, I don't want a menu plan. I don't want a grocery shop. I just yeah. want like, I don't want waste because it's the exact yes. amount for you, um, which people love. So like oh, me, perfect. because I hate waste. It, oh it God, pains it's the me. worst when I get berries. Usually it happens to my raspberries. I know. They go moldy, and I'm just devastated. I have to throw the whole cart oh, away. And at Whole me. Foods, that thing is like six ninety nine. Exactly, <laughs> it's expensive, and you're like, Ugh. so that's why, like, I love this because you know it doesn't it doesn't go to waste. That's perfect. I, know. Oh, I it's love good. it. It's fun. So okay, we have come to the time. Oh yay, my lady, where I'm going to ask you three questions I ask of every guest, and then we're going to go into a lightning round of questions. Dun, da, da. <laughs> so the first question is Catherine. What do you think about when you hear the word MILF? <laughs> the same thing that I heard when <laughs> when Jennifer walked in the house and my 11-year-old son was sitting here and then she was like, so what's the podcast? And I was like, ask Jennifer. <laughs> and I, I actually, I didn't even know because I only saw it as MILF written out. And so I was like, I was like, as, as it started coming out of your mouth, I was like, oh God, earmuffs, earmuffs for my son, please. <laughs> and I just, what, what I did was I said it really fast. I said, it's called MILF Podcast. That's moms I'd like to follow. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I think about yeah. it. <laughs> but I love the name. <laughs> what is something you've changed your mind about recently? Uh, I probably change my mind about things all the time. Uh, I don't know why when you're saying this, I'm just like social media, social media or like, or technology for my children. That's the one thing. I think that probably it's, it's, I I would probably be the lazier parent. My husband is like rigid about social, um, I mean, about uh, technology and our children. So I would say the thing that I change is like, I've actually gotten more firm because I would probably be, I grew up watching TV. So I'd probably be like, "Eh, it's fine. But I've changed my mind to be like a little bit more firm and create more boundaries. Yes. I'm right there with you. I'm sure I could have come up with a much more fun answer than that, but that's like, that's first thing that came to mind. (laughs) Um, How do you define success? Happiness, a hundred percent to me. No, really. I mean, I really, I think about it. I think about it like all the time. This morning I was driving, I was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think success is, it has to be a feeling. It is, can't be monetary. It cannot be, um, 
it cannot be your picture on the cover of something or it's, it's really, it's the satisfaction of, um, small, mm. small things. Mm. I think just, you know, like you emailed someone and you were like, Oh God, I don't want to, I don't want to. And they responded, yeah. you know, that's success. That's, yes. that's like, that's happiness. Yes. Great answer. Okay. Lightning round of questions. Okay. Ocean or desert? Ocean. Favorite junk food? Gelato, ice cream, anything of the Ooh. cold, creamy substance. <laughs> Yum. Okay. I don't usually like, I like ice cream. I don't usually like frozen yogurt, but yeah. a friend of mine turned me on to this Ooh. place called Go Greek in Beverly Hills. Oh, I've heard of it, but I've never been there. Oh, you, oh. It oh, really? Was, it rocked my world. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, because frozen yogurt sometimes gives me a stomach ache because they put fake it stuff in it. It always gives me a stomach ache. If it's I never sugar, eat it. I'm okay. This is, I'm sure there's sugar in it, but it's frozen Greek <gasps> yogurt. And it was so good. It wasn't too sweet. I don't like it when something's yeah. really, really too sweet. Yeah. It was. Note to self, note to self. I guess I know where I'm going to go. And the toppings you will love because they had like hemp seed, chia seed. Amazing. Oh, I love that. Bedford Drive in Beverly Hills. Why are you telling me this? Don't tell me this. I'm in I'm for work. I'm always over there now. I'm going to be like, where's go Greek? Where's go Greek? (laughs) Anyway, blew my mind. There you go. Movies or Broadway show? Movies. Daytime sex or nighttime sex? Anytime sex, <laughs> not not in twenty four. I'm I'm non whenever. <laughs> Texting or talking? Talking. Cat person or dog person? Dog person. Have you ever worn a unitard? Uh, yeah, I still own a unitard. <laughs> We're talking the one from here to here, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yes, oh, own yeah, one. Baby. Love it. Shower or bathtub? My heart is bathtub. Mm. But your your but watch my reality, is shower. My yeah, reality is totally. where we get in. Uh, ice cream or chocolate? Ice cream. <laughs> On a scale of one to 10, how good are you at ping pong? Really good because you my dad are. came home from work every day and that was the way we connected. We played pool or ping pong. Oh, I played pool with my dad. It's like that was our connection. I became a pool shark. Shark. I can still like- Me I, too. I can, I can rock a pool or ping Me pong. Me too. Very little skill over here, but that's, like my, that's, the, <laughs> that's my athletic skill. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Narcissists. People that like- talk, 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 and like own it and don't give you any airspace. <laughs> like, I wanted to say something. <laughs> if you could push a button and it would make everyone in the world 7% happier, mm. but it would also place a worldwide ban on all hairstyling products, would you push it? <laughs> yes. I mean, says the girl with a top <laughs> knot who hasn't washed her hair in five days. Sorry to TMI. <laughs> Superpower choice, invisibility, ability to fly, or super strength? I have to travel so much these days. It would be that I could just fly somewhere and be there immediately. Yes. Yes. Teleportation. Teleportation. Is that that one of the choices? I think that should be the choice. Okay. We got to get a little weird. This is my weird question. Would you rather have a penis where your tailbone is? A penis where my tailbone? Okay. Or a third eye? I don't know why I'm going with penis where my tailbone is. I don't even know what I need to do with it or use it with it, but I'll get creative. Okay, great. What was the name of your first pet? Uh, Squeaky. It's my hamster. What was the name of the street you grew up on? Oh, yeah. I am Squeaky Apache. Trust me. I've done this before. <laughs> Squeaky <laughs> yeah. Apache? Oh, yeah, because it's so good. That's great. It's such a good one. Oh, I know. I love, I love a foreign name. It's, it's so it's, good. Yeah. And all right, last question for you. Why is the pet... T- first piece of paper over there burnt. I'm so glad you asked that because yesterday, okay, so 
I was like, what happened? So yesterday I did an interview at, at home. I do it uh, online. I had this woman uh, in North Carolina. So I'm on my computer and I lit, I have this little, it's rose quartz candle oh. holder and I lit it and I had my crystals. I had my oh. little amethyst crystal that my friend gave me who just passed away actually. Oh. And, um, I like made this little thing and I like did end at the end of the interview. And then I finished the interview and I set this down, this piece of paper that has the lightning <laughs> round of questions on it. And I'm like finishing up with her. And then I noticed the smell and I'm like, something's burning. I do that with towels. Like when I'm cooking, I mean, I'm notorious for like putting a dish towel down and like, woof. <laughs> so, and I'm like, at least I, I, it almost made me feel better that there was like yes. a burn mark in your, you know, I was totally. like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just wasn't looking for a second. And then of course I immediately thought of all the wildfires we just had here oh, recently in Southern California. God. And I was like, that's how these things start. Just like, one second. Just, yeah, one seriously. second. Yeah. So Catherine, what a treasure. Oh, Thank so you so fun. much. Thank you. Yay. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Catherine. Uh, next week on the show, our first interview of 2019 is going to be Alicia Willoughby, who is a physical therapist in Northern California who treats only moms. And she deals with restoring women's pelvic floor pre or post pregnancy. And I loved my conversation with Alicia. She's just so smart. And I learned a lot about my pelvic floor that I didn't know. I didn't actually even know that I had a pelvic floor. I mean, I kind of did, but like, again, my, I just, it really made me realize how limited my knowledge was about all of that and how much I wished that I had known prior to getting pregnant during my pregnancy and certainly postpartum. So that's really cool. And I have a bonus episode coming up on New Year's Eve. That is just me talking don't worry, it's not a whole hour, but it is just going to be me talking about New Year's transitions, new beginnings, and setting intentions. I won't say too much about it because it's something I just came up with tonight. And I just emailed my team and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. Is that, is that okay? <laughs> I mean, it is okay because it's, I'm gonna, yes, it's my podcast. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to be um, bringing that to you guys on New Year's Eve just me, just talking about some stuff. And also, I forgot to mention this in the intro. So from interviewing all these amazing women, I've interviewed 30 women so far. And I was thinking about it. And I thought, what have I really, what's one of the things I've learned? And one of the many things I've learned is that they all have really strong habits. And they're all really dedicated to their habits. Um, and so what I did was I pulled together the seven habits of baller milfs because every woman I've had on the show is a total baller and I've composed a list for you guys. So it's on my website. Um, if you head to the website at milfpodcast.com, sign up for my newsletter and it won't be, I'm not going to send you a newsletter every five seconds, but, um, I said news later, I'm not going to send you news later. Hey, did you know this happened yesterday? 
News Later with Jennifer Tracy. I don't know why I'm all of a sudden a stoner, but I'm recording this late at night and I'm not a nighttime person, so I'm a little loopy. Um, So it's called The Seven Habits of Baller Milfs. Go to my website, sign up for my newsletter, and you will receive this in your inbox. Happy New Year, you guys. I love you all. I'm so grateful for you. And I will be talking to you soon. 